Good evening and welcome to Post to Post. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. Joins, joining me tonight is the wonderful Nick Matina and the phenomenal Ryan Kraut on the board. How we doing? Good. Before we start, I want to say that whoever is watching on Facebook, we are glad to take your comment. And whoever is listening on WCWP, my WCWP, we are glad to take your call if you would like. It's 516-299-2030 if you guys want to call in. So, guys, we're going to go out with our first segment tonight, and that is Beast in the East. Yes, it is. Where we look at... Don't look at my answers. I'm not looking at your answers. You just look at my computer. No, I did not. I Eyes your on your own papers. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. We, all, we will all keep our own... We will all keep our own little thing. We'll all have our own papers with our own answers. So, I... Beast in the East is where we look at an Eastern Conference team, and they're one of the top teams in the East, and we say, why did they get there, why are they still there, and why are they a threat? Mm-hmm. So, for me, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a no-brainer. I think anyone who's everybody would kind of say, like, you know, that's kind of a cop-out a bit. But they did. They, but they lost two games, and then they bounced back, beating Winnipeg at home and on the road. On Wednesday and Saturday, the team is basically untouchable. I'm going to disagree with you for one reason, and that's because of right now, Austin Matthews is injured. Yes, I do have that here. So, but yeah, he's injured, and you know he's out for four weeks. Mm-hmm. But you look at the you look at the talent on this team, and you look at their statistics. Who's going to touch him? Like I understand, like you know, you have you have Toronto and not well, not you have Toronto, it was Toronto, and then you have Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the next team up there, and yet they're not really. Yeah, uh, you don't think the Bruins are up there? I think they're up there, but I think that they still have a little bit more to go because I, don't forget Montreal is still still I, in third. I would say the Bruins are above the Tampa Bay Lightning at the moment. Not in the standings, my not, friends. Not, not in the standings, but I'm saying definitely above them. With, uh, what can you say? Um, well, they're up there yeah. in, in, in terms of firepower. They do have a much better defense. But I just, I don't, yeah, he got a shoulder in, Matthew's got a shoulder injury. And that that's kind of the big thing going into this week coming up for the Leafs is that you have him going down and you're halting, you're really going to, it's going to be a little difficult, but I think, you know, one, Tavares is going to step up now that, Matthews is out. He's going to step up and be that guy. You have Marner. You have Riley. Riley, who's got, who's doing better than I expected him to do. And then you know, Kapanen. You have Gardner, and you know their goaltending has been one of the best in in the league. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they don't have a defense, which I th- we've stated on this show before. But even with Matthews out and no defense, they've still been able to put up this production. Now, I have some backup information uh, of why I believe that the Toronto Maple Leafs will not be as hot for the next couple of weeks or so. Besides Austin Matthews Besi- being out? Well, no, I'm just it's all about Austin Matthews. I believe this team revolves around Austin Matthews. Ryan, I don't know if you disagree with agree with me or not. No, I, I can see that. They, I feel like they could rely on him, or not could rely on him, but they do rely on him a little less now that Tavares is there because they do have another superstar center knows how to carry a team, but I do think that they rely on him because they have for his entire career, no matter how short it's been so far. 
So and they're going to need to rely on him in the future. So they're going to need to re-sign him. But mm-hmm. I I can agree with that. So Austin Matthews, as we said, he's out for four weeks with a left shoulder injury. Yeah, sustained Saturday night against the Winnipeg Jets. He got hit from behind. It was just a weird, awkward play. He didn't go down. He went straight to the bench, and he was just in pain. Yeah, he's getting it wasn't away. The sh- thank God it wasn't the shoulder that he had problems with before. Because if it did, it would probably be longer than four weeks. But I did some uh, stats running. He's the number one. He's a point leader on Toronto right now. He's got 10 goals and 16 points in 11 games. But last year, when Austin Matthews got hurt, the Leafs went 5-3-2 and two without him. So that might mess up their record right now a little bit if that stays the same. Do you think John Tavares is a nice hole to put in while Austin Matthews is out? He is a very nice filler player for them, especially when he goes down. Because you would think, oh, like last season, he went down. You really had no one to replace him to fit the mold of that one sparking player, you know, one head honcho. Mm -hmm. Now you have John Tavares. All right. So now we talk a little about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ryan, you have any other closing statements? No, I I think the Leafs will be all right. They're, they won't obviously be as powerful or as dominant without Matthews because he is such a big presence on that team. But they'll they'll be perfectly fine. Tavares, they still have Tavares who can carry a team, and they've shown that they're one of the top teams in the league. So I think they'll be all right. Now, Anthony, you have their schedule pulled up, right? Yeah, their schedule for the next few weeks, actually, it's not that bad. You, they have. You say that from a fan's perspective, but looking at a player perspective. Well, no, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it as as a team's perspective. That this team, with the, with losing Matthews, and that they're they're going to be on. They have two home tomb games. One against Calgary on to, tonight, actually. And then you have Dallas on Thursday. Then you go on the road for Pittsburgh. Then you come back home for another two-game homestand. Then you go on a four-game road trip. And that's already three weeks. So it's it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. But look at some of these teams. You got Vegas, Jersey, Boston, who's a tough challenge, Kings, San Jose, Anaheim. You got that West Coast trip that every team has to get when they play in Cali. Yeah. So I think I think they can do without them. I think that, that you know you're not going to see the drop-off that you had last year. Because you do have Tavares filling in that hole. And with the schedule that they have coming up, I think they could do it. I think that they can easily stay uh, stay the course and easily, you know, get through this with, without Tavares, without Matthews. And then when he comes back, he'll come back with a vengeance. And then right. they keep going. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to take my perspective of Beast in the East. And Going then we'll right hop over ahead. to Ryan for his team, Beast in the East. I'm going simple straight. I like the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, they are currently 6-4-1 in the season, on the season so far, not in the season. That'd be weird. Grammar. Uh, they have 13 points on the season. They are second in the Metropolitan Division, right behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Finally knocked out of first, actually. They have a plus-three goal differential on the season so far, which is, in my opinion, not so bad, but also not so great. You know, if you think about it, uh, their point leader is Sebastian Ajo. I mean, this kid is taking over this team, and he's only 21 years old. He's got 11 in 11 games played. He's got four goals and 12 assists. He's got 16 points. Um, I really think Sebastian Ajo could be like the number one guy for this team. You know, I think it's so weird because I keep thinking whenever I hear Jeff Skinner, I think of the Carolina Hurricanes 
But Jeff Skinner is no longer he's on the Carolina Hurricane. He's a Buffalo Sabre yeah, now, there. which is kind of weird. And, you know, from a fan's perspective of, you know, you've had this guy, you've had him on your jersey for so long, and now he's gone. But Sebastian Ajo just fits in well, you know. Justin Williams is back in Carolina. He's a veteran. He's a veteran on this team, and he's kind of, you know, teaching all these young guys the ropes and stuff, and they're picking up long guys, you know. It, it you know, the, they lost to the Islanders yesterday, 2-1, to one, which was a close game, you know, um... I believe you you watched that game, right, Ryan? I was not able to. I had work, but I heard about it. Grice had a really good game. I heard there were some places where the Islanders played sloppy, and the Hurricanes should have taken advantage, and they should have come away with the game. I, I saw the highlights. It was it was an even. It was an even. Each but, team had um had a rough points in the game. Once it again, was they game. had just under forty shots. So mm. they're. Shots on goal this year, as compared to last year, is there's obviously an improvement. Yeah, it was a scoreless third. Uh, Andres Lee scored three minutes into the first. Then Teravainen, who is someone I think is a sleeper pick for this Carolina Hurricanes, right behind Sebastian Aho. He had an assist on that goal. Aho scored. I'm sorry, Teravainen scored a minute into the second, and then Pulak scored about five minutes left in the second, and that was it. That was the rest of the game. We had a scoreless third period, and Grice, you know, stood tall in that. And kept this going, but really, if you look at the teams that the Carolina Hurricanes have beaten so far, they're teams that are either have struggled or or have a hot start to the league. You know, they beat San Jose, they beat Detroit, who was having oh boy, a rough season. Two wins, yay! The Minnesota Wild, the Vancouver Canucks, New York Rangers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're beating teams that you know they don't. Some of them they do see a lot, like the Rangers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Metro teams. Yeah, the Metro teams. They beat two Metro teams so far. The rest are all West, except Detroit. You know, and Detroit has their issues. But San Jose, going out and beating San Jose, that's that's a pretty big win, yeah, I believe, in the Carolina Hurricane book. I think all these wins are big wins uh, against Carolina. There was, I, there was, I think there was one stat during the Ranger game. That's that 8-5 to five victory for Carolina mm-hmm. on the 7th. I think there was, like, I think Sam Rosen said that the Car- the Rangers ca- went into Carolina and won like eight out of eight out of ten. Yeah. So the Car- Carolina Hurricanes have been the whipping boy, really, for the Metro the Metro Division, and I think now with Aho and Taravainen, and you know you have the veteran presence of like Williams and Stahl and Falk, you know, and Hamilton, flossing and I think it was him flossing in the after the game. Yeah, that's a new thing that I love <laughs> with the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know if uh, if our listeners have been watching them at all, but. The Carolina Hurricanes, they do a great thing. They do a big fan interaction thing. Uh, uh, you guys have seen this before, right? Yep. So it's kind of like the scroll chant, what the Minnesota Vikings do. They, you know, they start the big clap. The fans get into it. You know, they're pumped. And, you know, it's got to be a thing that the fans wait for after a big win. You know, like getting into it and stuff. And then they do a little bit of, like, a miracle lap, you know, from the 1980s. Um, don't they like USA run? They like, they like skate. They into run like yeah. the, the glass. They skate to one side of the ice and they do like a quick, you know, like lap. But the other night they changed it up a little bit and they kind of fooled everybody. They went halfway there and they're like, nope. And they stopped and they they went on their butts and they did the little rowing celebrations and they all did it. But it got scary for a second because one of the guys got caught up in the TV wire <laughs> and took it along with him, and that almost was a big. I feel, like, I feel like we're gonna hear something down the road of just like a Carolina Hurricanes player got injured, not in a game, but yeah. in a post game. One of those weird stuff. injuries. Yeah, but 
I would keep a big eye on this Carolina Hurricane team, you know, not just now, but for the years to come. Now, I would say that because I, I agree with you down the road. I feel like Carolina, you know, they came out with a very hot start this season. But you, you pointed it out when you said their schedule. You know, a lot of these teams either didn't hit their strides yet mm-hmm. or they're bottoming out or they're just tanking, like Detroit and the Rangers. They're just tanking. Yeah. So there's you didn't really get that much competition. Now, this coming week, you actually have a good matchup. You have them versus Boston on Tuesday. And then once they get into November, they go on the road. They play Vegas. They play St. Louis, Chicago. They play Chicago twice. And then you go and play Toronto, New Jersey, Columbus, Montreal, Anaheim. So it, it will be a little interesting. All right, Ryan. You're up, buddy. All right. So for my beast in the East, I have the Boston Bruins. They've been at the top of the league for many years, and they're they're still there. They've proven that they can compete with the best in the Atlantic Division. They, despite being fourth in the division right now, which is not going to last very long, personally. They're like two points out, I believe. They're Montreal's not going to keep up what they have right now. They're two points out of first place. And Montreal's been a surprise. They're not going to last. And they've already proven they can take care of Tampa. They, they did in the playoffs. They did in the playoffs. They, they took care of Toronto in the playoffs. And Toronto really only made one move. Granted, it was a huge move in the offseason getting Tavares, but they've still only made that one move, so their team's not that much different. And between Rask and Net, and now they have Halak, who, when he did not play this well when he was on the Islanders, and now all of a sudden he's he signed with the Bruins, he has two shutouts already. And the Bruins have only played 11 games. He's proven that he can be a great backup, and on top of that, they still have their, what I think is the best first line in the NHL, in Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. They have just such great chemistry that, that it's that's just, just hard to find. Those three names next to each other on a line is just scary. It's scary good, you know? Of two of those three players, Bergeron and Pasternak, top ten in points in the NHL. So Pasternak's also... Tied for second in goals, and Marchand's top ten in assists. They, they're unstoppable. Their, their defense could use a little work. They, they're trying to re-sign um, McAvoy right now. He's a big piece for their future, and they're, they're gonna be there for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at Tukarask's stats, you know, besides Yarohlock, he's six and three so far. Um, I'm sorry, he's 3-3. Three and three. I read that wrong. The numbers were next to each other. He started six games. Uh, he's 3-3. Three and three. He's allowed 17 goals. He's, he has a, a 90% save percentage and a 3.1 goals allowed average. That's not so bad to start off the season, if you really think about it. That goals allowed average will go down or maybe up, depending on how Tukares plays. You never know. Um, but that's that's a great start in six games, I think, for Tukares and the Boston Bruins. And you know, having Yaro Halak, an experienced goaltender behind uh, Tuka Rask, I think that's a really good dynamic duo in that. And then, then they got a really good three-player first line also. So you're just talking about matchups. And then you also have Charlie McAvoy. And Zidane Chara is still pushing somehow. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm surprised Zidane Chara hasn't retired, you know, retired just yet. He's, he's really getting up there. 
I thought he was done last year, but apparently not. Apparently he wanted to do one more. So, you know, you see all these older guys. Jordan Tutu just retired not too long ago, you know. So it's really – I agree with – I do think the Boston Bruins can make a big dent, but I disagree with you on one spot because I'm not really sure if they can make the playoffs. You know, they oh, – not that they, sorry. Let me rephrase that. I was going to think the Bruins are. I think that go. I think they can make the playoffs, but they. I don't think they can make it that far. That's my one problem. You know, I always feel like the Boston Bruins hit a bump in the road. Whether you know whether they make the postseason or not, the, the farthest they went in a long time was back in 2011, when they faced off against. Uh, which we were Chicago, I Chicago, believe. right? That's when they was that 2011 no. or 2011? 2011 they won against Vancouver. 13, they lost. 13, that's what I was thinking. Okay, so 20, 2013 was the latest year, the longest they've ever made it. You know, it's been a while. It's been a long five years. You know, well, don't forget you also have to compete, especially with the new si- the system that they implemented in yeah, the next year. That's true. Or you then you have 2014 where you had to play in your own division to get to the to the uh, conference final and then the final. It's not really fair to the Bruins, especially when you had the Atlantic Division where you kept seeing Tampa, you kept seeing Toronto. It's it true. Was just, it's they just have, an issue. They have depth, too, and they have veteran leadership. Donato provided this huge spark last year after the Olympics, and he he's still there, and they still have Bacchus. They have guys like David Krejci. So I think they're going to be around for a while. So... And with that, I think we are go- we're going to go to a break. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on this fine Monday night. And now we're going to go into our second segment of the evening, and it is the Wild Wild West. Yeehaw, cowboy. So <laughs> this is the same thing as the Beast of the East if we look at our Western Conference, which I think we can all agree is kind of more dangerous than the Eastern Conference in the last few years, and especially this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I, I agree to disagree with you for a second because I, be, I believe that you know the West Coast back in like the early 2010s were really hot and really dangerous. I mean, when we had, like, Chicago Kings. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago Kings, Kings Chicago. back and exactly. forth, you know. And then Nashville came out of nowhere. And Nashville started being a really hot team. And then they went to the Eastern Conference. And now I feel like if we're looking on a scale, they're right, like, even with each other. You know, I think I think we finally leveled out with the West because the East was hot for the past few years. You know, you have yeah, P- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh winning back-to-back. Yeah, Pittsburgh and their little small dynasty. And then you have the Caps, who have now won their first cup. So the East, you know, rose up a little bit, but then looking at teams and additions to Western Conference teams this year, I feel like the the playing field is leveling out now. Yeah. So speaking of one of the teams that have come out of nowhere, my pick for the Wild Wild West is the Winnipeg Jets. The team that was a came has really been building towards this great team they've been building this one team since they were in their last year in Atlanta i believe i think once they made that move it was a long time ago <laughs> it was 2012 was the last season with atlanta still a long time ago no 2012 i, I think they moved it was there 2012 they moved there in 11 11 or 12 they moved because they were bought out that they were bought out in 11 i believe hold on that that just seems like it was way too close soon. then it was too soon, <laughs> yeah way right? too soon but while, while you look at that, let me explain why 
Winnipeg. Oh my God, it's a good pick. My God, you were right. It's a good pick. Yes, I am. See? Well, I know uh, my stuff. I like that when you search Yolanda Thrashers on it Hockey Reference, it just comes up as the Jets. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even like show like, See, don't, what they don't did. don't question me, Martina. I know what I'm talking about. All right, about. all right, all right. Relax. Relax. Now, nah, so they lost to Vegas in the conference final, and they really haven't missed a beat since com- since this season started. You know, they lost... They lost to Toronto their last two their last two games really, mm-hmm. and you know that once again that's Toronto. Toronto's hey, but it's a win. You took it off to Matthews. <laughs> yeah, it's a win. You got, you got it off to <laughs> Matthews, so now you got a chance. But you know, the, you got you got the fourth best. You have the you have their backup goalie who has the fourth best goals against in the NHL, and that's not even counting your Vesna caliber goaltender in Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. And these guys have you know scoring power. With Wheeler, and you have Big Bad Buffalo. You got all these guys who, you know, you got Shifley, Connor, Wheeler, Buffalo, Troda. This, they have firepower like a jet, and it's insane. Mm-hmm. And in a Western Conference where you guys were always looked at as, oh, this was a team that came into last season never winning a playoff series in their existence. It's a lot different now in Winnipeg. Yeah, and the, then you there's go, a lot more happier folk in Winnipeg. Uh, whiteout, a beautiful whiteout. That in the was, playoffs. They, that they, was they, quite they, a sight. Yeah, exactly. So to me, Winnipeg is—they're only, I believe, they're second, and I will check that right this second. But they are, yes, they are. They're only behind Nashville and Colorado. Oh, Col- yeah, Colorado. I was looking at the—they're one point back of first place, but. Yeah, that's still nothing to sneeze at. Sneeze, because sneeze at? Am I the only <laughs> that's one a new that expression. Knows? Man, I know you have a bunch of new terms that I've never heard no of before. I want the title of this podcast to be Sneeze It. Sneeze <laughs> It. No one's going to know what we're talking about. At least post to post. Exactly. <laughs> but tell, tell me who, besides Colorado and Nashville, is really a threat to the, to the Winnipeg Jets right now. Because they're not in the division or just in the West in general? In the division, not in the West, because I'm talking about the division. That's funny because my my, uh, team is the Colorado Avalanche. (laughs) Okay, then. We'll 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 do that, then. We'll go back and forth with that. So, you want me to go now? Go right ahead. You you, you got some more. That was my team, too. Oh, my God. We're twins. Maybe you have to pick a different team now. Yeah, you should pick a different um, team, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you got a few minutes. Go. Go. <laughs> so uh, the Colorado Avalanche, they're 7-3-2 on the season so far. 16 points. They're second in the Central Division at the moment. They are. They have a plus-14 goal differential at the moment. They are tied for first with the Pittsburgh Penguins in goal differential, which is, I, I would say that's huge on a statistical aspect. Uh, their point leader is Mikko Ratanen. And he, this kid has been tearing up the league. He just turned 22 today. So happy birthday, Mikko Ratanen. Hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> they're three one and one at home. You know their their away record is four two and one. Not as you know bad, but pretty good as well. Uh, let's go back to Ratanen for a second. He leads. This kid leads the NHL in points at the moment with 21. He's got 12 in 12 games played. He's got five goals and 16 assists. Patrick Kane is right underneath him with 18. You know, um, the Colorado Avalanche, they lost to Minnesota on Saturday 7-5, to which was kind of an interesting loss, you know, a big scoring loss. But yeah, It's kind of opposite this weekend, you know, with that and yeah. the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been an opposite world. You know, and I'll compare it back to Sebastian Ajo, but uh, Miko Ratton and, and Sebastian Ajo, these two players could be, 
you know, the next big things to come out of these two teams. And I'm really interested to see how they develop in the future. You know, we got a guy like Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon, you know, who are young guys that get along together well. And imagine that third guy, just like the Boston Bruins, you have a Marshan and Pasternak and Bergeron line. The next thing you got is Miko Ratnan, Gabe Landeskog, and Nathan McKinnon. That could be a deadly line in the future. But let's look back at the teams they beat so far throughout the season. They've beaten Philly twice. They've beaten Ottawa. They've beaten Carolina. They've beaten the Devils, the Rangers, the Sabres, and the Wild. So, like like going back to the teams that Carolina's beat so far, not there's nothing, bad teams. There's nothing bad, but there's also nothing great. Explain. Because you look at the teams that they beat. They, they beat Minnesota. They beat Philly. They beat Buffalo. And but they lost to Calgary, they lost to the Rangers, they beat the Devils, and then they lost to Columbus. So it's a mixed bag here, and and all the teams you said are good teams, but they're not. They're also not teams that are still fi- either finding their stride, or they're not at the caliber yet. Like t- Winnipeg went out and beat St. Louis, lost to Dallas, beat the Kings, lost to Nashville. So they have had the same thing, but Winnipeg's already in midseason form. Colorado is planning for four years down the line. Winnipeg is in midseason form, and they look like they can win now. Yeah, but you look, you see what, how you said they're planning for four years down the line. You see where that got them. They got that got them into the playoffs just last year after their absolutely dreadful start to the season. And look where they are now. They're one point out of first. Yeah, I'm just saying that you know I don't think Colorado can really keep this. I think. You know, there's still one or two things away. I think, I, I, think I, I, I think they can. They I think it. the Colorado Avalanche can be a deadly force. They could be that sleeper pick in the West Coast. Because off the top of your head, name the three teams that you think of the Western Conference when you hear the West. Nashville, San Jose, and Vegas. Oh, Vegas. I'll say Chicago. I was going to say yeah, Chicago, too. But Well, Vegas because I'm looking at it and I see Vegas. But I, I definitely see this Colorado Avalanche team. As a deadly force in the future, you know. Especially with their goal, the goaltending, they have a seasoned vet in Farlamov, and they just got Grubauer, who's um, who's a starter on most other teams. Connor Hellebuck and Laurent Brosiot. Don't know if that's how you say that. I think it's Brosiot. Brosiot. We're not going to go with that much of a discussion. (laughs) I I still, while Hellebuck is, he's great. He's can't single-handedly carry the team, and I don't know if their backup can help out all that much. Like, granted, he's top five in the league in goals against right now, but I don't know if he can continue that. The goaltenders on the Avalanche, Varlamov and Grubauer, they've both proven that they can, and they can carry teams. And just Grubauer carried the uh, Capitals when when Holpe wasn't there, when he was injured. Yeah, it's it's the Talbot effect. He carried the team, and now he's got a starting job somewhere else. But he's still more than you capable. It's the Talbot backup. effect. Yeah, because who else? He do carried you really Edmonton know that did that? the year the Rangers traded him. More famously, yeah, but look where they ended up with Connor McDavid, and that is it. No one else. Oh, I'm just saying, like him as like that one gotcha. stint, that one time period. All right, Ryan. I also think it depends. Well, Ryan, you and Ryan have the same pick. I changed. No, he changed. Mine. Mine. I have not changed mine. I just told him to change I it. Have he said he had a few minutes. <laughs> changed mine, so 
My pick is the Nashville Predators. Okay. Because okay. Interesting. They're they're eight and Not three. Not really, right now. to be honest. I'm just being stupid, but go ahead. They're eight and three right now. They have their first line has incredible chemistry with Arvidsson and they got Johansson. They're five and zero on the road, and they've done most of this without Pekarene. What? <laughs> he yes. he's injured, so UC Saros has stepped up big time for the Predators, and you already know what they have on defense. They got Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi, PK Subban. So their defense is that, that's a really good scoring defense, and their offense is always has been firing on all cylinders for the past three years. So I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. They're a young team. They got a lot of chemistry, and I think they they can go far. I, what do you guys think? No, I agree with you because this team has done nothing but impress for the last few years, and they haven't lost a step yet. They're the I wouldn't even say that they're like the Kings, where the you know age is caught is catching up to them. I don't believe that yet, and you know they I believe they're all they're also disappointed in themselves. Yeah, they're from they're losing. eight and three, but I feel like they're disappointed that they haven't had more success. Yeah, because don't forget, you went from playing in the final, losing in a game seven, and now you're in the season where okay, we know that we're not the one team that can go. We're not we're not the only team anymore. This isn't a one horse race. There's other teams now that we have to compete with. You have Winnipeg and Colorado. You know that's the top three of their own division. Mm-hmm. So it that that's what it looks like. You know. Now the question is, who's, who stays and who goes? Mm-hmm. Well, we know Philip Forsberg's not going anywhere. No, so no. Top, he has 10 goals already this year. He's in the top 10 in goals. He's top for second in goals in the entire league. Mm-hmm. So. Before we go, just a quick shout-out to everyone joining us on Facebook Live right now. If you have a question, don't hesitate to put it in the comments. Anthony? And if you're listening on my WCWP or on our app, at WC, the app on WCWP. If you want to call in, the number is 516-299-2030. So with that, I believe we're going to go to break. You've been listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. And this segment is called Flash in the Pan where we look at a team that stood out this past week and could they be a team that is turning a leaf and they can go forward and be one of the better teams in the league or is it just like, hey, look at us, we're in the league and this is what it is. My pick is the Montreal Canadiens who had a little bit of a historic moment this past week. Harry Price sitting on 289 career victories, one more win, and he takes over second spot in Montreal's storied history, surpassing Patrick Wise. Plugging it up and turns it over, and now here's a 3 of one break, it's an auto fell down, Nordstrom with a shot, what a stop by Price, a Saturday night windmill special. Reese Bergeron walking out as Donato, trying a quick shot at Price, as he's done all night, makes the stop. Move over, Patrick Wong. Harry Price with career win 290 is now second all-time in Montreal Canadiens franchise history. Jacques Blotz, you're next. He did it in style. And that was Carey Price going above and beyond in a game against Boston. And now he's second all-time in wins for the Montreal Canadiens. 
and you can write it down and you could you could write it down you can make sure because I'm he's going to be the all-time win leader for the Canadians by the end of the season. Oh, absolutely. If he's not, it's it's upsetting it's because he the Canadians hurt. absolutely tanked and didn't win another 30 games or or he's he got injured. If if he doesn't get it by the end of the season, there's a bigger problem than the fact that he didn't get the record. Yeah, no. You know, they I believe that you know, they're third in their third, I believe I, I see I have it up and then I just I They are I, third. They they're are third. third. Yeah. I say it and then I'm like, wait, are they? No, they're third. They're third. they're third in the Atlantic. And no one and no one ever ever expected them to be with the likes of Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston in there. I I think I said that was gonna be Buffalo and where they are now. And And Buffalo's only a point back, so you weren't that far off. Yeah. But did you guys see Montreal doing this? Not even in the slightest. And just a, another little tidbit. Carey Price, in order to jump into the number one spot, he has to win 24 more games this season. That's so doable. It's not even funny. Uh, hopefully with this Montreal Canadian teams, uh, they don't let him down, you know? Because he's currently at 290, and uh, Jacques Plant is at 314. Yeah, and That's they've beaten no— Easily attainable. Yeah. And they haven't really beaten team like the other teams we've spoken about in the last two segments— you know they've beaten teams that are are, you know, low on the spectrum and they're kind of weak. But these guys beat Tampa, they beat Washington, and they beat Dallas. You know, and they can see, they're like, hey, we can actually compete. You know, they so beat Pittsburgh. I, yeah. So, you know, I think that this is not just a flash in the pan for them. I think that this is this could be a turning point for them to do better. And if it's not. Well, then it's not. Then they fall back to where we all saw them from the season. It's not a. It's basically a. They can. It's just a really a no lose situation. It's not a win win because you know, actually, yeah, it's kind of a win win because if you do well and you make the playoffs, then you say, hey, we're not the joke team that you thought we were. Mm-hmm. And if you do fall back down, you can possibly get the first overall pick in the draft. You know, I'll be honest. Be I mean, to cut you off there for a second, but no, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll be honest. I not see Montreal in this spot. I thought they were going to be at the bottom again. And, you know, here's the thing with the NHL. You really can't judge a team within the first 20 games of the season because you can never know – you never know what they could run into, you know, halfway down the road. They could just trip and fall on themselves and, you know, injury there, another injury there, you know, a suspension, you know, this and that, a controversy. And a team can fall into shambles in seconds. But for some reason, this Montreal Canadiens team, everyone thought they were going to hit the bottom – you know they're four one and zero at home, which is a great record to start at home. Their away record is okay. They're two one and two. You know it's a little bit of a tough away record at the moment. Uh, the last ten games though, they're six two and two, which makes sense because they've only played ten games. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but you know up next they got the Dallas Stars, a team that's been struggling in the West. Uh, they, they're coming off a big shutout win against the Boston Bruins, like you said before. Dallas currently sits sixth. In the Western Conference, uh, I'm sorry, sixth in the wild card race. They're five five and zero, um, and they're zero and three on the road. But Montreal is actually home 
against this game for yeah. Dallas. So Dallas winless on the road. That's gonna be a big game for the Canadians coming up. I think that the the this next stretch of games into early November is gonna make or break this Canadians team because you have Dallas and then Washington, Tampa. Then you travel travel to New York and you play the Islanders and the Rangers. Then you play Buffalo, Vegas, and Edmonton. That's just the first you know week and a half of a November. I think if they can come out of there with, I would want to say, you win four four of four of um four of eight, mm. then you're good. Or four of seven, then you're good. You know you 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 keep a momentum going, especially when then you go on to the Western Canadian home Western Canadian road trip. And you play all those Canadian teams. I think Montreal is gonna go is if they get out of November pretty well. Then I think once you reach the December break and everything, I think they'll be a team that we're gonna be talking about later and possibly talking about going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And go ahead, Kurt. I think the the toughest part for them is there is mid November because they they do have that Western Canada road trip. Then they come home for one game. Then they go back to the the New York area. Yeah. So they have one home game before they travel again. And that home game's against the defending Stanley Cup champion Capitals. Exactly. So, so it's not an easy schedule. Th- I think this, like you said, this is going to be the month where they where they can prove themselves. They have, they certainly have winnable games against the Islanders, the Rangers, the Canucks, but they also have games that are going to be tough comp- competition. Again, they have two against the Caps, they have the Lightning, the Golden Knights, the Bruins, and even at the end of the month, they have the Hurricanes, who are no laughing matter either, as we said before. So this month's going to prove a lot for the Canadians. And with that, too, jumping ahead, I think this they have a great chance of maybe getting a little bit of a lead in points you know, to try to secure that top three spot. Because right now, they're a little bit tied with the Boston Bruins. Uh, looking at the statistics, you know, Montreal 6-2-2, and Boston 6-3-2. and uh, Montreal gave them that third loss the other night and but they have the same amount of points their goal differential is only one in between Montreal has a plus eight Boston has a plus seven you know they're they have the same home record they're really close in the away record these two teams I feel like can battle it out for that last spot right now because Tampa and Toronto I think are destined to have those top two spots. Yeah, I don't think Montreal can go any higher than that. I think Montreal is just going to build their lead and get away from Boston as much as possible. The only thing that I say uh, that would be a problem with that is okay. you know Buffalo coming up, but that's a whole different story. And also, I think you're right with um, Montreal going forward and getting all these points. Look at their first half schedule; it's kind of light. Mm. You know, you play a lot of low ranking teams. You play Ottawa three times. In, the, uh, in December, Ottawa. like good old <laughs> Ottawa, good old Ottawa, the goal, the one goal that ruined their entire franchise. My favorite quote from Thanks, the GM: They said, "So, what, what do you, uh, what do you like about this team this year? Uh, we're a team. That's a good. <laughs> oh, that, that gives that gives shows, it a little boost. Th- that really helps out the players, have showing that they're the management above them has absolutely no faith. All right, Ryan, your time to shine. Who's your quote-unquote? The thing I've never heard before, flash in the pan. <laughs> my pick is the Minnesota Wild. Hmm. Because they are currently on a five-game winning streak. And even though they haven't been... Th- their players haven't been, like, tops in stats. They only have one player 
who has over who has double digits in points, and of course it's, it's Zach Parise. Who else would it be? But they're really being carried by Devin Dubnik once again. He has a one nine six goals against, nine forty five save percentage, and he's part of the reason that they went on this five game winning streak to begin with. They won. They they beat Arizona, Dallas, Tampa, Los Angeles, and Colorado. So three of those teams were playoff teams last year, and so when one of them is Chicago. Yeah, and one of them is Arizona. So, but they're I think they have a good chance to probably not get a top seed in their division because they are in a tough division with. Nashville, Colorado, Winnipeg, and Chicago, but I think they can get maybe a first or second wild card spot, but they, they got a shot to make the playoffs here. Especially I say, to keep up their hot streak. No. No, not at all. I me personally, look at these games that, that you said that they won. They're mostly low scoring games. The only one that you actually had a decisive win over was Colorado. And that was the first game of the season. These team and you know won against the Kings, which the Kings have been absolute trash, except for the one game against the Rangers. But rough there, buddy. Yeah, but <laughs> the this is not a team that yeah Deb, Dubnik is carrying them. They are coming on off, off of a five game win streak, but they've real. I think that these games that they're lo- that they're winning by one goal are important. But you can only do that for a certain amount of time before the. The bigger teams in this in this division because this is a stacked division: Chicago, Winnipeg, Colorado, Nashville, and Dallas is going to hit their stride eventually too. You know, and St. Louis almost made the playoffs last year, and they went out and got Perron back, so they're not something to you know say. Oh, they're just going to be lost. I think Minnesota, their time's up. You know, they've played in the playoffs. They've done um, nothing. I think what they got further the first they've got farthest they've gotten is the second round in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So you know I think it's time that they need to look in the mirror and say, is it time for us to rebuild now? I'd give it one more year for them personally. No, I don't. I think this is it. I think if they can't, if they can't keep this, you know, if they can't win these close games, they start to lose and they start to fade a bit. I think. You know, middle of the season, you'll see this team around December, January, probably around the All Star break. If they can't, if they start losing closer games and they can't pull out that little win, then I think that's it. You know, send the press release. We're rebuilding. I don't think Minnesota. They're literally just one team. So I think you had a better discussion than crafted there. <laughs> well, yeah, but. Nick, we'll get to your flash in the pan when we come back from break. You're listening to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. Welcome back to Post to Post here on mywcwp.org. We are going to be in our final segment here. But before we get into that and, you know, view tonight's games, uh, Nick, who's your flash in the pan? It's my time to shine. Uh, My... Flashing the pan, apparently, which I argue with Anthony and We'll Ryan change that, the segment. I've name. never heard flashing <laughs> the pan before, uh, but that doesn't matter. My flashing the pan is the Buffalo Sabres. And I know it's a team that we mentioned before, a team that could possibly sneak up on Montreal in the weeks to come. But there's just something that I like about Buffalo's team 
Uh, they currently sit fifth in the Atlantic Division, and in the wild card spot, they are in second right now behind Montreal. Um, but just looking at their team so far, you know they have a few injuries that they get over. Nathan Beaulieu has an upper body injury that might take a while. Um, Scott Wilson has a lower body injury. Sean Malone and Evan Rodriguez, but they're six and four, six four and one in the season so far. They got thirteen points. They're off to a, a nice start, a better start than. Um, did anyone really expect it to be honest? I believe, like maybe the first or second week in uh, when the league started, it was like the first time that they were above five hundred in, in five a few, years. In five years, <laughs> when like when you hear a team about that, that's a big deal. You know, Buffalo is you know the fans are not really caring about the Buffalo Bills at the moment, but <laughs> like it, that's huge, and you know they're they're being led by Jeff Skinner. A name that we mentioned before, you know, a guy who couldn't find his way in Carolina for that long. So finally he said, you know, I'd like to go somewhere else. And he got traded to Buffalo. And he got Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel, and Jason Pommeville, who are three guys. You know, Jack Eichel's been in the league for a couple of years now. Jeff Skinner's been there for a while, and so is Jason Pommeville. You know, three guys they could really rely on to kind of be – a big part of this team and, you know, show how it's done. Um, you know, can't forget about Kyle Oposo. You know, I was going to say, I was yeah. like, and you got guys like Oposo and McCabe yeah. and Reinhardt who and still aren't, let's you know, not for- still good players. Let's not forget the first overall pick of this year's draft. You got Rasmus Stalin, and he is actually sitting eighth uh, as a point leader. He's tied for eighth with Rissalainen and Evan Rodriguez. But, you know, Dalin too. You got a young kid who is looking up to Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel, Jason Pommelville. Jack Eichel, now the captain of the Buffalo Sabres, a young guy as well. He's 22. He's a 22-year-old captain, which is exceptionally young for a captain one to be named. The, I think he's one of the youngest captains One of the youngest ever, captains. If not, if not the youngest captain. He's probably ever. up there with McDavid and Crosby uh, on the youngest captains. And I, so, Buffalo Sabres, you know, this isn't the year, but I could see possibly next year – of them making a scratch or maybe a dent into the playoffs. I would even say this year, honestly, because, you know, Boston is good and they're going to make it. I think if Montreal somehow falls, then Buffalo is just going to sneak right in there because there's no one else. Or it's the, it's really a five-team Atlantic division right now mm. because you have Toronto and Tampa who are basically, you know, unless something massively changes in both of those teams' organizations or something, you know, they're not going anywhere. Montreal could possibly just fall, and, you know, then we'll be like, okay, we expected you to be here. Boston, you know, Boston is like Toronto and Tampa. Unless something goes terribly wrong, they're not going to make the playoffs. And then who who's going to really chase Buffalo to get that wild card spot? Ottawa? L- looking at it, yeah, you got Ottawa, really? Florida, Detroit. They're the three Atlantic teams. Detroit is sadly right a now. joke. I think the best shot there is Florida because they had that ridiculous surge last year and finished one point away from making the playoffs. They can look for that again, especially when Luongo comes back from injury. Hmm. I, I do think that the Sabres have maybe another year or two. I think once they get their goaltending situation figured out, they need a solid number one everyday goaltender like they had when they had Ryan Miller. Or if, Dominic Hasek. Well, well, we're going really far back there. <laughs> it's not that far back. Th- that's more than a solid number one. That's a born. Hall of Famer. Born. True. But, like, Ryan Miller was one of the best goalies in the league in his prime when he was with Buffalo. 
if they can get another Ryan Miller-esque or even someone just like a tier below, I think they've got a shot. But right now they don't have that. Do you think they could pull that out in like a trade somewhere? I with think some they can. Team? If they can, I think they can. They have the pieces. They've had top draft picks the last few years. They have plenty of prospects. Who do you really think they could bring in though? Like I don't, I don't really. There's no gold center out there that there's I think really are no gold centers that are out. on the market at the moment because it's too early in the season. Well, that that's true. Eh? What do you think if the Colorado Avalanche traded Samuel Varlamov to the Buffalo Sabers? They wouldn't. Eh? I know Grubauer, Grubauer is their guy. He's now. been looking for a starting position. And why for else a would they have gone time. out and get him? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think they they want to kind of have if Grubauer goes down, they want to make sure that they have a guy who can fill in the position. As I would think, when I think back to you, want a goalie tandem. You don't want just one goalie. You don't want a situation where like one guy goes down and that's it. That's it. You're done. Like uh, I'm trying to think of a team that has that kind of situation. Actually, yeah, Pittsburgh has that situation right now. Murray goes down. Yeah, they they're no in the one. first. They have no one. It's not like a few years ago where they said, oh, Murray goes down. We got Marc-Andre Fleury. Hey, Scott Foster. <laughs> Pull, the, the man, yeah, the if he can relocate his accounting firm to Buffalo, then maybe. <laughs> maybe. But he's didn't he come back to do, like, a thing? Uh, they, the he was Black practicing. Hawks? He was the, on the practice squad. That's probably a consolation for, like, hey – did good for us, There buddy. you go. Here's a ticket. Here's a ticket. That was fun <laughs> with us. But, now I, I get what you're saying with Buffalo, and they are that one team who could possibly, who's, he's, they're the last team in the Atlantic who can compete. Mm-hmm. You know, the Atlantic is super weak. I think the only thing that will stop Buffalo from making one of the two wild card spots if Montreal, is if Montreal stays, or if one of the Metro teams like the Islanders or Flyers gets really good. So, and with that, we're gonna look at the bright lights of tonight. The the, the few games that we got, the two games that we have tonight, which is um, lackluster at best. And we have, we'll, we'll all pick our game of the week. But the first game of tonight is the Minnesota Wild at the Vancouver Canucks. Um, I think it's. I think we don't even have to go around the table. Minnesota. No, that's, that's what we said last time, and I forget exactly what game it was, but. The team that everyone thought was going to lose won. One winning, yeah. I mean, I think Vancouver's going to win this one. It was Vancouver again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Van- well, I think Vancouver's going to lose tonight because it's the Wild, and the Wild have are on a five their five-game winning streak, so yes, that's I'm assuming. Gonna snap tonight. I said Vancouver 3-2 in overtime. You said Vancouver yep. winning 4-1. 3-2. to 3-2 in overtime. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry Minnesota. I apologize. We apologize in advance for jinxing you. I'm saying Minnesota's going to take this one. I'm. I'll say three to two regulation. I say three to nothing. That, that's that's think a little, that's a little far. Out? Yes. All right. We'll have to see how that works out. But next game is the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames. I want to say the Flames so badly. Leafs. I'm saying I, Leafs. I got the Leafs getting a nice four to one win. See, I think that's going to happen, and you know Calgary is going to flame out. But like I I, I love like I really hope that Calgary can somehow turn this around because they're just they're not good. Mm. And I really want them to be. I want James Neal to be James the real deal Neal like he was in Vegas and he was in Nashville and on and he just looks so sad in Calgary. Should have never left. Like it's so and upsetting. Mike Mike Smith is just like glass at this point. Yeah, it's just and I 
I was at the game last year where he got injured against the Islanders. There was one second left in that game. It took so long to get him off the ice, too, and he was out for a long time. And he sh- he just can't really, like, anchor a team anymore. Yeah, it's at, it's at that point where Calgary... The Flames are Johnny Goudreau. That's, oh. that's it. That's sadly true, but I do believe Toronto is going to win as much as much as I would love to see Calgary pull one out against a good team, but they, they're not going to. So, guys, what's what's your game of the week this week? I actually have two. Ooh, I don't mean to be picky. Sorry, I lost all sense of words for a second. English um, is hard. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So my first one is tomorrow. It's the Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, which will be a good matchup, I believe so, because it's two teams who are hot in the East right now, and they're looking to move up in the standings a little bit more. Uh, and my second game is on Saturday, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So You took mine. Uh, well, sorry. You're going to find a new one now. You don't have to. It could be some of your game. We can agree on that. <laughs> Ooh, I actually found another one. Uh, we'll go to Ryan for now. Um... I want to say Vegas Nashville so badly, but you don't. But Vegas I'm not going not. to because Vegas is just not where they were last year. They look like an expansion team. Yeah, this sad. is the the way Vegas is playing now is the way we expect them to play last year, and vice versa. Well, I also think that, like my pick for the week is um, on Sunday, um, the Knights versus the Hurricanes. I actually have a game. Sorry to interrupt you. I have a game. I'm saying Nashville Tampa. Ooh, that's a good matchup. That 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 could be a very good game. Two great teams. I was about to say two great goalies, but Renee's hurt. But Saros has done a very good job. Yeah, he's done a very good job filling in for. And they're Pecorino. five and zero on the road, and this game is in Tampa. But then again, it's in Tampa. Tampa is scary. Playing down there, looking at the Tampa Bay Rangers, hurts. The Tampa Bay Rangers <laughs> <It> hurts. <laughs> but my picks the Knights and. Knights versus Hurricanes because I feel like that that's going to be just a great matchup, and it's in Vegas on a Sunday night. They could hopefully beat mean? the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah, what's what the a, difference does Sunday mean? Give me a Sunday night in Carolina. I mean, <laughs> for all we know, but a Sunday night in Vegas. Nothing better than a Sunday night in Carolina. <laughs> ah, brass bonanza and the whole whole shebang. Oh boy, that would I hate to break it to you. That game's on Saturday. Wait, is it? So ah, to burst your bubble. NHL, you lied to me. No, it's listed under you're Saturday. You're I'm looking at the website. Uh, no, I am. In, oh, it's Saturday, November 3rd. Yeah. There we go. Same day as the um, Maple Leafs-Penguins game. That one, I think it's going to be a high-scoring one, actually. Last time we said that, it was a 3 nothing Pittsburgh shutout in Matt Murray's return. So, apparently, anything we say on this show, the absolute opposite happens. The Washington Capitals so, getting, getting back to so Matt So, the New York Rangers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Opposite's oh, going to happen. Oh, see, that's that. Thanks for saying it. You, are, well, <laughs> you knew it wasn't going to happen anyway. Uh, oh, man. boy. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. We're not going to say the same thing for the Islanders, though. They're not going to win it either. I know so, that. So. I, do, I think they're going to do better this year than the Rangers are. But we're getting off topic here. We're getting off topic. I'm just just saying. But then we're at this week's actually not really that great with yeah, it's games. Not, it's not, not a great week. Yeah. week. There's literally one game on Wednesday. Ah, it's a beautiful week for hockey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we'll sleep through it. And literally Halloween, there's one matchup and it's scary because it's the Hawks versus the Canucks. Is Ooh, it scary because it's spoopy. Halloween? Yes. 
Is that why? Because the Haw- the Hawks are gonna you're gonna beat the Canucks. So spooky. Scarily beat them. Scarily beat them. Uh, Halloween in Vancouver. It's... That's the dream. That is not the dream. <laughs> it's not like a Sunday night in Vegas. <laughs> Sunday night in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Wow. All right. But with that, I believe we're gonna we're gonna go for this evening. So from everybody here at WCWP and post to post, you've been listening to us on mywcwp.org.